Hi, this is Violet Lang. Welcome to my podcast, The Pleasure Path, all about love, dating, relationships, and femininity. I help successful spiritual women find their pleasure and their power to create healthy partnership. In this episode of my Dating with Pleasure series, I share about the joy of aligning with the right time to date. Should you date after a divorce? When is your heart ready? What if you're sick of the apps and you want to take a break? I answer all these questions and more. So listen in now. So if you've ever been away from dating because you were in a relationship that you just got out of, or you weren't sure when you would have the time in your schedule, maybe you just moved to a new city, maybe you were worried about the pandemic. There's so many times in our life where we're in transition, but it's really important that we don't just throw ourselves into dating and expect to find a partner because dating is a process and we want to honor a process just like we honor the cycles of nature. You know, if it's freezing cold in the winter time, you don't try to chip away the frozen soil and plant some seeds. You wait until it's thawed a bit because that's going to give your seed or your intention, the best chance of blooming. So in this episode, we're going to talk about ways, you know, it's the right timing and how to cultivate healing and an approach to dating that feels really yummy and delicious. It's kind of like, if you are waiting to take the perfect trip, of course, you're going to get excited about the trip and daydream about where you want to go. You might buy flights or book hotels or start thinking about what you're going to wear. There's a deliciousness to the fantasizing and the imagining and the getting ready. But that doesn't mean that we're always ready to just take the trip right away or jump into dating right away. I think preparing to date is one of the most important steps that we overlook in our society because apps are so accessible and because we have this old myth that, oh, when you're not looking, you find love or, you know, you just bump into someone and it happens. And let me tell you, I bumped into my husband, but it was after we had met in a dream three weeks prior. And after I had done a shit ton of work good work, pleasurable worth work, you know, things that felt really good, but I was ready. I was ready to meet a partner and I was ready to date more intentionally. So if you're curious about when is the right time to date, the first thing that I want you to think about is where's your heart at? Is your heart closed off? Are you feeling really dejected and bitter and, and hurting about love? And that's totally okay. You know, we go through those cycles of feeling grief, but when, when we're in the middle of a grieving process is not the best time to start something new. It can happen. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes that's a time when we're the most vulnerable and we call in that support that we need through a loving partnership, but we still have to be open. So the number one thing to think about when it comes to dating with pleasure and finding the right time to date is to date when you're longing, when you're longing for love, but also longing for growth. And I've, I know for me, when I'm grieving, it's hard for me to put energy into growing at the same time. It's hard for me to feel positive about the future at the same time. I tend to withdraw a little bit and, and get kind of private and I need to go through that shedding and that decay process. So if you just went through a breakup, it's not that you can't 
work with someone right now to get ready. It's a good time to get ready for dating and to think about what you want to do differently in this next relationship. But it's not a good time to just pop the apps open and, or go to a singles event and just throw yourself into the world of dating. So when your heart is aching and longing for love and when you feel strong enough to have that growth, so it can long for growth as well. That's a really good first step. That's a really good foundation because my philosophy is dating is just a process to find love or find whatever your intention is. Maybe your intention is to share sexual energy or to, you know, um, have fun. Like those are fine too, which is that I focus more on love as a outcome of dating as a reason why for dating. Now, the second thing that is important when it comes to finding the right time is to check in and see when am I available? (laughs) So not just schedule wise available, but also emotionally available. And there's a way where I would date in the past and I would say I wanted love and that I was available, but I had a hella hard time being vulnerable. So I would find that even though I was going through the motions, I was on the apps, I was going to events, I was meeting people, I was going on dates. I was hiding my truth almost all the time especially if my truth was uncomfortable, if I was angry or frustrated or upset or disappointed in something that my date had done, I would just laugh it off or not saying anything or build a story in my mind and not give them a chance to actually change that behavior or build a deeper connection. I know how hard it is to be vulnerable. It's something I struggled with for probably the first 30 years of my life, maybe even a little bit more. But when we're emotionally available, the dating process is so much more effective because us, our date and the universe can course correct with this feedback loop versus if we just keep it inside, then we just kind of get more of the same. So you want to make sure, number one, that there's this deep longing for love as well as growth. Number two, that you're available emotionally and that you're willing to be vulnerable. And if that's something that's hard for you, work with a coach or work with someone who can help you get in touch with your feelings and have the courage and the practice to speak your feelings, even when it's a romantic context, even when you're afraid you're going to mess it up, even when it feels like there's a lot at stake because your attachment style things are coming up. But it's also important to make sure that we're available schedule wise. That is a big part that we often overlook. We think, well, I'm on the apps But if we really check in, are we going to make the time? Are we willing to sacrifice to make the time for love? And it doesn't mean you have to go on five dates a week or anything ridiculous. I think dating is an energy game, not a numbers game. It's not about more dates. It's about high quality dates that fill your cup and turn you on and inspire you about the world and what's possible. And those high quality dates can happen once a month or a few times a month. But if you're not willing to make the time in your schedule by either checking the apps on a regular basis or in a, in a you know, way that feels intuitive for you, or by just being available if someone wants to go out with you, if they want to create an adventure with you, there's this capacity that we develop when we're dating to lead and to be led. And a lot of people are really comfortable leading because that's what we do in our work life. But that's hard sometimes to learn and to do when it comes to dating and love. And this is not to say that you shouldn't have healthy, strong, beautiful boundaries, but you need to allow yourself to be led and allow yourself to say yes 
to opportunities, opportunities to meet someone new and also opportunities where you feel this sense that there might be someone there. You know, I went to a lot of meetup events and art gallery openings and museum nights and parties with friends and networking events. And I'm a very social person. So that kind of comes naturally to me, but also because I knew that I just wanted to meet amazing people that I could build a connection with and potentially find my partner. So I had made the time and space in my heart, but also in my schedule to be available and to be witnessed and to be seen and to be out and about, as they say, but not just, you know, going to the bar. When it comes to schedule, I know kids can also be a big thing. Like I have a two-year-old, I'm not single, but I do have a two-year-old and I have said many times to Jason, how do single parents even do this? And how would you date when you're a single parent? So I get that it's hard. And about 30, 40% of the clients that I work with are single parents of, you know, relatively young children, like children that are 10 or younger. And this is also what I mean by being available schedule wise is, are you willing to hire a babysitter one night a week? Are you willing to say no to something that your boss wants done at work one night a week or two nights a week in order to build a relationship? It's easy to cling to, well, I'm just too busy. You know, I'm too busy to date or I'm too busy for whatever, but look, we can make time for anything. Like I truly believe that time expands for those who need it. And when it's important to you, you make the time. I always tell the women I work with, you don't need to be on the apps for hours. You're probably not using the apps in the most efficient way. If you are, you could be on there for half an hour every day. And that would be plenty or even less, you know, half an hour, a few times a week and just be really strategic and efficient. And I I talk about that in some of my episodes, but just a reminder to make sure that you're setting aside the time and envisioning the time to be available. Now, the last piece So we talked about longing for love and growth and how important that is as a foundation for the right timing, being emotionally available, being schedule-wise available, scheduling available. But then the last one is when you've done the work to shift your mindset from me to we. I remember so many times when I was thinking, when am I going to find my person and can this person meet all my needs and are they a good fit for me? And, you know, oh, I don't like this about this person. I don't like this about that person. And I would just get so angsty and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, our fire and our anger are so powerful for clarifying what we need and giving us the courage to set those healthy boundaries and not settle. But I really had to shift my mindset from, Who's going to meet all my needs and when am I going to meet my partner to what can I create in any moment with another human? What can we create together in terms of our conversation or projects or passion and lovemaking? Like, how can I open myself enough to feel a a deep sense of, of interdependence, not independent all the time, but also not codependent. And if you're coming out of codependent relationships or patterns, it can feel frightening to get close to someone again. You might feel like, oh, what if I slip back into that pattern? But you can find the we space and still stay connected to yourself. In fact, that's the only way to create a healthy we space is to still be connected to yourself in that that we space. But here's what I mean about doing that work to shift your mindset is to look at your attachment style, look at your partner's attachment style or the person that you're dating 
to stay curious, to drop into relating to one another in a way that's vulnerable and open, but also attuned and present and curious about the other person. And that willingness, as I talked about earlier, when we were talking about emotional availability to share energetically with words or a growl or a body language or a text or a song, whatever it is like sharing with the other person, what's alive for you, what's coming up for you as an invitation to help them meet you where you want to be met and care for you in ways that you've never been cared for before. So it's about shifting your mindset and your attitude, but also about shifting your skill set so that your communication can be really mindful and really connecting, connecting and connective versus blaming the other person or blaming the apps. Now I have a client who came to me and she had been out of a relationship maybe like a month or two, but she was still really struggling. You know, she was emotionally kind of in a messy place in a dark place, kind of in that stage of why did this happen? I can't believe I missed these red flags. Like I should have known better. And I had so much compassion for her, but I also noticed that she immediately wanted to start dating. You know, she was still on Tinder or had been on Tinder since the breakup. And so we took a sacred pause. We took a sacred pause to reset so that she could fill up with pleasure and fill up with connection to herself and clarity about what she wanted and releasing the patterns of the past. And we cultivated that longing for love and growth. Like I talked about at the beginning versus just the longing to feel comforted. Of course, delicious love is comforting and the snuggles. Oh, I mean the oxytocin. Hello. (laughs) So delicious and so beautiful. I want you to feel deeply, deeply, deeply comforted by your love and by dating, but dating can be confronting because it's going to show us the places where our patterns of attraction are off, you know, where we keep attracting the same sort of person, where we have deeper work to do to change those patterns of attraction, or they're going to show us where we might feel sexually shut down or dating might show us where we withhold our truth and hide or where we blame and project on the other person. Like talk about a mirror dating is just like parenting is a mirror is a mirror to everything that, that, we have the opportunity to work through and work on. So we have to make sure that we have that longing, not just for comfort, but for growth and for love and not just for distracting ourselves with the apps. So through the work that I did with this client, we connected to that longing for love, that longing for growth and the part of her that was love that didn't need a partner to feel love, to be loved, to express love, but at the same time who deeply yearned for love. I mean, your desires are beautiful. Your desires are one of the most important things about you. They're so unique to you. So honor those desires, but make sure they include the fullness of love and growth and not just the distraction or or the comfort. And when she did start dating again, you know, we had to work a lot around being vulnerable because she was scared of attracting someone like she did in the past who was a bit narcissistic. So she was withholding her truth and waiting, you know, for the other shoe to drop or walking on eggshells, which is something that happens when you date someone who has narcissistic tenden- tendencies or personality. So we had to change that pattern of waiting for the other person or going with whatever they say. And that kind of defensive yet empathic clinging that happens. And we had to change that into 
really speaking her truth and saying, that doesn't feel good to me, or that's not right for me. Or what did you mean by that? Cause it doesn't feel good in my body or growling or stomping her feet. And I know these things sound like archaic, but only 10% of our communication is through words. So we have to learn how to date in a way that brings in our body and brings in our body language and brings in these subtleties. And as her and I worked through that, she was able to go on dates and A, not feel like she had to fall in love with the person right away or meet all their needs, but B, feel really confident in speaking her truth, no matter what the situation was, without judging herself as being bitchy or being rude or, oh, what if I'm pushing that person away? Like, no, this is just her truth and, and what she needs. And we can say it with love. We can say it with an open heart, but it needs to be said. And then we also worked through making sure she had time in her schedule for dating, but intentional dating and dating herself. I am huge on dating yourself. Even if you're dating someone else, even if you're on the apps and actively dating multiple people or whether you're not ready for dating yet and you're just doing the inner work to get ready, we have to date ourselves and have fun things in our schedule to look forward to and things that nourish us creatively and spiritually and socially and physically. I know that sounds like a lot, but if we're not taking care of our physical body or having outlets to move our physical body, like dancing or Tai Chi or Pilates or running, whatever floats your boat, you know, if we don't have opportunities to be social, we're going to expect whoever we're dating to meet all of our social needs. And I deeply believe we need a strong spiritual practice in order to keep us connected to our higher purpose and our truth of being here, part of which is love, but we want to be in a partnership that supports our purpose and supports our radiance and supports the gifts that we have to give the world. And then of course, creatively, we overlook this. We think, oh, I'll get to creativity like a hobby, you know, maybe after I retire or maybe when I have some time off. No, like your creativity is the fuel that lights up so many of these other places in your life. And it might be cooking, it might be singing, it might be painting, it might be building a business, it might be witnessing the creative acts of others, like going to a performance or checking out a museum. But when we feel connected to our creativity, we feel connected to our sense of aliveness. And that sense of aliveness is so freaking sexy. So making sure that you're dating yourself and nourishing these creative, social, spiritual, and physical needs will allow you to have something fun to talk about when you go on those dates and that you have something interesting to chat about when you're on the apps, like having a full life means that you have the space for love, but that you also prioritize other things too, so that you have something to give and bring to the relationship. And then of course, a lot of the work that I did with this client and all of my clients was shifting into that interdependent mindset instead of just about her or just about her partner, about that symbiotic nature of healthy love and communicating from that place of we asking the other person's input instead of saying, oh, can we go to dinner at 7 p.m. on Friday and I'm craving Thai food? There's nothing wrong with that, but it's different communication than saying, oh, I really miss you and I'm excited to see you sometime. What feels good to you? When would you like to connect? You can make it a collaborative discussion. You know, what, what are you craving? What do you feel like? Mm, I want something spicy, Thai or Mexican, or, you know, just making it more of an experience instead of a logistical process. 
yeah, I know texting and messaging, it can be hard sometimes, but every interaction and every message is an opportunity to convey your values, to spread love, to deepen the connection and intimacy, and to learn about yourself and the other person. So I was so delighted when this client, after only four months of working with me, met her partner and six months later, they got engaged. Like this is just what's possible when you do the work to be ready to date and date when it's the right timing and make sure that you're available emotionally and that you use and honor dating as a spiritual process, not just a swiping process. So I love helping people find the right time to date in a way that feels really juicy and delicious for them and in a way that really honors them. So I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. And if you feel like it is the right timing to start doing your work to be ready to date, or if you feel like you're ready today, but you're just not getting the results that you want, the type of dates that you want, or the depth of relationship or commitment that you want, then reach out. We offer transformational love sessions where we'll go deep for 45 minutes or so on the phone and talk about what's been working in your love life, what's not working and where it is that you want to go. What's that grand vision? What's that love and that growth that you've been longing for? And if it's a good fit for both of us, you know, we can talk about working together. I have different programs and different ways that I work with women and selective women. I work with one-on-one sometimes depending on, you know, what's going on with my calendar, but yeah, you won't know until we get on the phone what's possible and and what you want and can explore. And similar with me, I, I won't know your story, but I'm excited to get to know you more in that way. So if that speaks to you, go to violetlang.com forward slash talk and set up one of those love transformation sessions and we'll connect and we'll see if this is the tor- the doorway and the portal for you to open to more love and transform the way that you date. Thanks for tuning in and turning on for healthy love because better relationships mean more power, more creativity, and a better planet. I'm here to end the suffering of abuse and loneliness, and it starts with you. Please subscribe to my show and leave a review.